amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I welcome in. It's the No House Advantage NFL Strategy Show. Myself, Greg Ehrenberg, are back with you on this Wednesday afternoon. We appreciate you hanging with us. Tyler's in the house producing NHA offering a match for us. Use our promo code AWESOMO and you put in 25. We'll match that 25. And then you can go to work with whatever Greg lays out here for Thursday night football. And dare I say, Mr. Ehrenberg, as we've had our shares of ups and mostly downs, I feel like at least looking ahead to the quality type of the game. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. But I'm looking forward to this football game from all angles, from a DFS to NHA to betting to just sitting my ass down and watching the game. I, yeah, I mean, the, the primetime football games have been miserable for a lot of the season. We had some good ones earlier in the year, but lately they've had not been great. At least, you know, Mac Jones, the Patriots, they're in the thick of the sure. playoff race. They're actually, they could win the division. It's not like, it's not like the Bills are world beaters. The only win the Bills have against a team over 500 is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're barely over 500 this year. So I think the Patriots very much live to end up winning the, the AFC East over the Bills. So Mac Jones is playing well on the other side. Uh, Matt Ryan is old. He is struggling. There's no Calvin Ridley in the picture. But, uh, you know, every once in a while we get Falcons games that are, are competitive or high scoring. And I think a lot of people bring up that if, if, if the score of this game ever ends up being 28 to 3, Twitter is going to melt down. <laughs> well, okay. That's like the typical drinking game, right? Shot every time you hear it or the over under of mentions. I'm sure there's some offshore prop that's out there that people can shadily bet about how often you'll hear that reference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure at least one time, don't you think? Oh, it's it, if I was setting an over under. Is, is this your seven this was, point play of the night? By it, the way? Oh, you, you better over over. What'd you say your number was one and a half? I would say yeah, but now I feel like you. Okay, what would be a sharp number for Greg Ehrenberg here? Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half or four and a half. I mean, one and a half. We're going the over, and that's a seven point play over on no house advantage because uh, <laughs> that that would just be a no brainer. But yeah, three and a half or four and a half give me a little bit of pause, and I'd have to think about it. But it's going to come up a lot. It's going to be. It's actually going to be the very first thing mentioned on the broadcast, and I get to have a pretty high deal of confidence. Absolutely. And then it's just a matter of can you get it one more time? All right, let's look at some real stuff here. Not that, although I'm sure that there again. There is some shady offshore prop you could jump in. You mentioned Mac Jones or Matt Ryan, Mac, pardon me, Jones or Mac Ryan. Your world, sir. You want to start with the old, decrepit, ancient guy on his way out? Or do you want to start with the kid who may have an outside shot outside of Jamar Chase of winning rookie of the year? 
hey, uh, let's let's go with Mac Jones. And I mean, you bring up rookie of the year. To me, it looked like Jamar Chase had this thing locked down. Yeah. And then and then Jamar Chase is on a bye week. Mac Jones plays well, and sports books are like, hey, it's an even race now. Like, really, we're downgrading Jamar Chase that much just because of uh just because of a bye week. But yeah, it's uh, apparently at least according to sports books, two man race between Jamar Chase and Mac Jones, and it's fairly tight. All right, so we're gonna have the same number of passing touchdowns and interceptions for both guys. And as Greg will reinforce here, just a reminder on NHA, you can only play one guy. You're not going to have this problem with a quarterback here, but you can only play one guy's props in this case with a QB one time. So it's not multiple. We're asking Greg, which one of the three he likes, and then we'll go from there. So the passing yard is a little low for Mac at 250 and a half, one and a half passing touchdowns, and then the half interception. Well, those are some pretty efficient numbers, especially relative to the uh, projections that we have over at awesome.com. We've got them projected at 257 passing yards. The touchdowns looks a little low. We have Mac Jones projected for 1.9 touchdown passes, uh, 1.96 touchdown passes. So maybe a little bit of value there, but let's see how many games is he's, he's only had four games this year with multiple touchdown passes. I think where I'd be most inclined to go with is the over 4.5 interceptions. And I know the Falcons don't have the best defense in the world, but still, Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback. He's thrown seven interceptions this year, so right around an interception per game. Uh, I think the two ones we'd be considering here would be over one and a half touchdowns, over 0.5 interceptions. I feel a little bit better about the interception prop, just considering, like I said there, seven interception passes so far for him this season, and we haven't projected for 0.78 interceptions. So that, that's the way that I, I prefer to lean. That's a great call, though, on the interceptions, especially because I think people may shy away from the Falcons' defense, but you're right. There's definitely some numbers that are there. I was, I was looking at Odd Shopper, our own Odd Shopper, of course, to see if there was any sharp line here on Matt Ryan. The only real difference, though, is the passing yardage. It's the same for the passing touchdowns. It's the, at one and a half. Same for the interceptions at a half. Passing yards now gets bumped up to 285 and a half. I think, and this would just be my guess here, that if, if I had to play one, I think I'd look. I know interceptions makes a lot of sense, Greg, because of that defense. But what about going over the one and a half passing touchdowns, knowing that he's going to be throwing no matter what? Uh, I don't know that he is going to be throwing no matter what. Give me the under for passing okay. yards. Uh, for whatever reason, recent games, we've not seen a whole bunch of pass attempts for Matt Ryan. And it's not like they've had game scripts that weren't favorable for throwing the football. Last week, they lose 43-3. to Brutal. He only threw the ball 21 times in that game, 117 passing yards. Then you go back a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago against the Carolina Panthers, they lose 19-13. So once again, you look at it and go, okay, they lost the game fairly close. Surely Matt Ryan threw the ball a lot in that game. 27 pass attempts for 146 yards. Uh, there's been some games this year, now three of them, where we've seen under 165 passing yards for Matt Ryan. He's old, and he's definitely starting to show signs of uh, being an older quarterback. I think the over for interception is also sensible. But it's it's still this thing where I'm not sure they're really willing to let him totally loose. There's no Calvin Ridley for, for the Falcons right now. In terms of the backfield, Cordero Patterson, he's been a big threat in the passing game for the Atlanta Falcons. He's questionable to play and leaning a little bit more towards being out than in as of now. So a lot of injuries, once again, on both sides of this game. And I think this is something, and we're going to talk about the injuries more in depth when it comes to the running backs next, but... I think given the information that we know here and the recent results from Matt Ryan, give me the under for the passing yards. We only have him projected for 251. 
Yeah, 85 is a lot. I agree with you. So let's talk about Patterson really quick, and we'll move into the running backs. We have two each, one pair on Atlanta, of course, and then the other four, New England. We'll get to the Patriots and then Mike Davis, who I think has an increased role, clearly, if Patterson's out. We don't have to lock Patterson in today. Clearly, we can wait until news comes. But at the same time, I am curious. Let's assume for the because you mentioned he's trending like he's going to be down. Let's assume Patterson does not play. Now, we'll tell everybody, don't play unders if he's in this because you're not going to get any points for it. But how does that impact someone like Mike Davis? Yeah, uh, I mean, it means that Mike Davis becomes potentially the guy in the backfield. The Wayne Gallman's been a really trendy pickup in season-long leagues, and Mike Davis has sucked this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just kind of a timeshare between Mike Davis and uh, and Wayne Gallman. So pulling on Mike Davis's numbers really quick, which, so by the way, uh, first week of the season, the over-under rushing yards props at Sportsbook for Mike Davis was like 40 and a half. I was like, well, that's egregiously low. I love the over for Mike Davis. He has something like 38 rushing yards in the first in the first quarter of the game, then only had, I think it was like 10 in the, in the entire next three quarters. Yeah. So he hit well, the over on there. He, he, he hit the over on that, but I was like, I'm never touching this guy again. He, he stinks now. He's not that involved in the Falcons offense. He has carried the ball 88 times this year for a total of 289 rushing yards. So 3.3 yards per carry. That's really miserable efficiency. And as a result, his workload has really gone down in recent weeks, four carries, nine carries, nine carries, four carries. And so there's certainly been a willingness for the Falcons to get away from his quarter. Patterson's been really good. They've been trying to get him the ball. I'm just not sold that Mike Davis is going to be the guy if, if uh, there is no Patterson in the mix, but it depends also what is, what are the props for Davis? Well, that's the thing. And I wanted to just kind of get the general analysis from you first here. And it's interesting how you laid out that week one prop because he's sitting at a very tempting 35. He only has one. That's it. 35 and a half rushing yards. And let's assume for the purposes here. Look, I honestly, and I'll ask you this, Greg, I don't personally think it means a ton if Patterson plays because he's playing through an injury where he's doubtful right now. So I can't imagine that he would take on the share of the rushing. So even if Patterson plays, I don't know how much that impacts your decision on whether or not to go over this number. If you like that 35 and a half, if you could be pulled back into the Mike Davis well here. I mean, it's such a low number. I think here's the easy way to look at it. If Patterson plays, then I'm looking at the under for Mike Davis. If Patterson sits, then I like the over for Mike Davis. And once again, we don't have to lock in our no house advantage lineups. Now, even if you build the lineup, you could go edit it later. We don't know for sure if Patterson's going to be in or out indications are that he's a little more likely to sit than play, but we don't know. Uh, But that's the easiest way to look at it. Mike Davis over if Patterson is out under if Patterson's in. Patterson's in, and this is where I think it gets interesting before we hit the Patriots backs rushing yards. And again, we get notice. Maybe it's game day, game time. Maybe it's day of what have you. We get notice that Patterson is playing, even though, as you mentioned, I'll reinforce it because I think it's spot on here. Doesn't look like he's going to be out there at all. But let's just say hypothetically he is 40 and a half rushing yards, 45 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. Now, healthy different story, but playing on like one and a half legs, are you just going to fade what you can with him? Well, keep this in mind. The the Falcons have nothing to play for at this point in the season. They are not playing quarter or Patterson unless he's healthy. If he's out there, it's a short week. They just played. Now it's going to be a game on Thursday. He is only playing if he's totally able to go. So I don't assume any kind of restrictions if he's in. 
if he's in, he's good in my opinion. If he's out, obviously it's a different story. Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna look at our projections, whatever we have there, and I'm gonna go by that if Patterson's in. I think the receptions number is a little bit low on him. We have him projected for nearly five receptions this week. He's been, like I said, really involved in the Falcons passing game this year. And even to the point where I think there's some debate whether he should have running back or wide receiver eligibility on a lot of DFS sites and recent games for Cordero Patterson uh, taking last week out of the mix because he did get hurt during that game. But uh, the week before against the saints last game, he was totally healthy for six targets, six catches, 126 yards. He's had at least five receptions in a lot of games in a row now. So since week two, he's had at least five receptions in every game he's been healthy for, except for one. So uh, Patterson over receptions is the way to go, in my opinion. All right, let's hit the Patriots backs here. We ask you hit that thumbs up button. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're subscribed and also take advantage of this no house advantage match that we have for you. You put in 25 Use our promo code Awesomeo. We're going to put in 25. Now you have 50 bucks to play with right from the jump. So Ramondre, let's start with Ramondre here. Ramondre Stevenson's prop. And just so you know, and kind of give you the heads up, these next two are pretty tight as far as what you have. Optionality, if I can take that phrase there, right? So you only have the rushing yards for Stevenson. You have receiving and receptions for Bolden. So you're not working with a ton. The lone prop... For Ramondre Stevenson, Greg, 45 and a half rushing yards. Any interest? You know, it's so hard to say right here because Damien Harris is questionable to play. He's dealing with a concussion. Brandon Bolden is questionable to play. He's dealing with a hip injury. So Ramondre Stevenson had a massive game last week, but it was it was very heavily predicated on the injury situation for the for the Patriots. So once again, it's kind of the same thing we were talking about, Mike Davis there. Give me the under on Ramondre Stevenson if Harris and Bolden are both playing. But if you get a situation where Harris, in particular, Harris is out, because then you get to see, even if, even if Bolden's in, I don't think Bolden has that much of an impact on Stevenson. But if Harris is out, then Stevenson becomes the go-to guy on the ground out of the backfield. Bolden would be the, the go-to guy in the air. But I, I think this is totally dependent on the status of Damian Harris. And it's really hard to know what to make of some of these games 24 hours in advance when there are key players who are listed as questionable. So same thing I said for Mike Davis. If Damian Harris is in, take the unders for Stevenson. If Damian Harris is out, take the overs for Stevenson. All right. So now let's let's look at, I guess we have to keep that same backdrop here for Brandon Bolden, where we'll look at Harris either way. So let's start with Bolden. Receiving yards at 25 and a half receptions at three and a half. Is this a similar situation here? You don't have Harris tonight. He's clearly going to be the key guy, at least of that trio that that will be thrown to. So now you have an opportunity to, I would think, look at least at going over for Bolden's numbers. But I do wonder if Harris is in. It's not like it completely removes him like Stevenson. You still have at least some threat of catching a football. Uh, so once again, though, it's Bolden's questionable to play. He's yes, dealing he with is. a hip injury. You know, is he is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And what's different about the Patriots situation compared to the Falcons situation? The Patriots are in the thick of the playoff race, and it is viable to think that Bolden will. And also the 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 carousel that is the Patriots running back position. It's been impossible to predict for years now. But if there is a situation where we're seeing you know, Bolden play, I don't think that he necessarily has to play his full allotment of snaps. For Patterson, the, the, the Falcons are playing for nothing. There's no reason to push him. For the Patriots, there is reason for them to say like, hey, we're trying to make the playoffs. If Brandon Bolden's feeling okay, let's give him a few snaps, see how he feels. 
And if he's going good, we'll leave him in. If he doesn't feel great, we'll take him out. So I don't really feel comfortable with anything that's related to Brandon Bolden due to his injuries and the injuries of other Patriots running backs. Yeah. Can you look at it any different than we did with Patterson, where the assumption is based on the situation with the Falcons, if Patterson's out there, and again, it's such a strong hypothetical because it doesn't look like Patterson would be, but Bolden's not as necessary to this offense. You mentioned the fact that, you know, Harris could be playing. Everybody's really playing through injury with Harris and Bolden as well. Is it more, is there a greater opportunity to fade Bolden, assuming he's out there playing injured than there was with Patterson? Whereas you mentioned, it's basically like, dude, if he's, if Patterson's out there, we're treating him like he's a hundred. Uh, to an extent, like, I think there's a better chance that Bolden plays at less than hundred percent, but even so my, my stronger inclination is just to avoid Brandon Bolden here altogether, especially if he's out. Cause we know how the no house advantage scoring works. If yep. somebody's out, you can't play any of their props. It's just a zero. The unders don't win there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what to make of Bolden here. And the, as is the running backs for Patriots are so difficult to predict. You know, last week, Stevenson doesn't practice all, all week, really, with the first unit. And everybody assumes, hey, you know what that means? It's going to be a lot of Brandon Bolden. There's going to be less of uh, less of Stevenson involved. And then the game starts and Stevenson is just a guy on the ground. So I, I find it very difficult to predict the Patriots running backs. We don't have to play props for everybody. I know I have advantage, so I'll just avoid this one. All right, let's look at the wide receivers. We have five to choose from, and then we will round out with the two tight ends, Kyle Pitts and Hunter Henry. So let's continue with the Patriots theme here. We've got Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. We'll see if any of these guys really jump out. And just looking through, all three are going to have the same type of props. It's going to be receiving yards and receptions for each of the three here. So looking at Bourne first, and he's questionable heading into this game, 35 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions, Greg. It uh, looks a little low relative to what we have projected. We have him for 41 receiving yards, three catches. But once again, the Patriots, the Patriots wide receiver situation sometimes is difficult to predict as the running back situation. So we need to confirm that Bourne is in. If he's in, I would have a slight lean towards the over as a low confidence interval play. But obviously, that's very, uh, very dependent on his status in this game. And if he is going to be out, that is going to boost some of the other receivers we're about to talk about. All right. And let's look at that, because the guy that I think gets boosted, well, you know, Myers as well, like everybody's dealing with, at least on NHA here, the tag. But for Myers, and let's say, to your point about Kendrick Bourne impacting other people, let's start with Jacoby Myers, because it's going to be one of the two in Myers and Aguilar. A little bit more here, a 55 and a half receiving yards. At the same time, the receptions at four and a half. Seen a lot of targets over the last four or five games. Have you noticed these Thursday games are kind of trolling you? It's every single Thursday game we get some washed up Eagles wide former <laughs> Eagles wide receiver that's involved. Yeah, we had Matt Collins last, light it up. Yeah. yeah, Matt Collins last week, Nelson Aguilar this week, and <laughs> you know, of course, there was that really funny video about the guy who's catching uh, burning babies out of the window yeah. in 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 Philadelphia. And and he was saying, hey, catching these Nelson Aguilar can't catch anything, but I could catch these fallen babies. So unlike uh, Aguilar. Yeah, unlike Aguilar. And he pronounced it right, too, which is difficult here. (laughs) Yeah. So it's every every week I have to look ahead on the schedule next week and try to figure out who it was. But I remember Matt Collins unders. Those were a good look last week. Maybe maybe there's a little correlation every Thursday. We just go. uh, We throw a five point play on a a crappy former Eagles wide receiver. (laughs) The unders there. But. 
I mean, Jacoby Myers has played really well as of late, and he's getting more involved in the red zone. That doesn't matter as much for us over on the house advantage, but I do like the overs here. Uh, I think that if we look at Jacoby Myers, and one thing also about him leading up to scoring those touchdowns, even though he hadn't scored a touchdown, he two-point conversions in two of the three weeks prior to scoring his first career touchdown last week. And it was a situation where you start to look, it's like, you know, how much different is a two-point conversion catch than a touchdown reception? It yeah. felt like it was coming for Jacoby Myers, and we have him with the best odds of scoring a touchdown on anybody on the, the Patriots for this particular game. I know that isn't one of his props, but in general, I like Jacoby Myers. I'm playing in a lot of fantasy contests as of late, and uh, overs, I don't have over for the receptions, over for the receiving yards. I like both of them. I don't really have a preference. So whichever, whichever one fits your fancy, I say go for it. Now, is this just a range? Because you can do this if you're entering multiple lineups on NHA where you can set somewhat of a range for a player. What would be your point range to go over Myers, both receiving yards and receptions? Yeah, like uh, I'd say like four or five. Okay, that's fair. That that's kind of reflects the tone, I think, of okay. confidence <laughs> that you had. I just wanted to say for everybody out all right. there, that's all. Now, let's look at Nelly. Old Nelly here, Nelson Aguilar is at 40 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions. Everybody on the Patriots, of course, has a cue next to them on NHA. So you're going to have to pay attention to who's out there in what capacity, et cetera. But Aguilar, 40 and a half receiving, only two and a half receptions, though. That seems pretty low. That is low, particularly if there is no Kendrick uh, yes. born in the mix. But also something keep, to keep in mind with some of these questionable tags. Uh, Bill Belichick, he's a, he's a snake, and he, he plays games with that injury report. We saw before, back in the day before they changed the injury report rules, he used to list the entire team as questionable every <laughs> single week. And then when asked by the media, he'd be like, somebody could roll their ankle, falling out of the team bus. Everybody, like, nothing is guaranteed, so I just list everybody as questionable. And it uh, looks like he's kind of back to those ways a little bit here because there are a ton of guys listed on the Patriots injury report. Uh, but yeah, so for as for Nelson Aguilar, these numbers do look a little bit low. We have the, the receptions and the receiving yards, both numbers a little more likely to hit the over than the under. Not ones with a super high amount of confidence, but I wouldn't have an issue one or two point play on Nelson Aguilar for, let's say, over receptions. Two and a half is a really low number. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Now let's hit the, the other guys here. Russell Gage. Tajay Sharp. Now, clearly, this is not what we're used to dealing with, with Calvin Ridley up there at the top by any means. We'll get to Kyle Pitts and Hunter Henry when we round out. Let's start with Sharp. I'm curious how you look at him. Thirty five and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions. Any interest here? You know, the, this is another the Falcons uh, wide receiver situation has been pretty difficult to uh, predict. Sands, uh, Sands, Calvin Ridley. Everybody assumed it was going to be Russell Gage week last week, and he one target, no catches. So we're going to be talking about him in a second. But I don't know that Tajay Sharp either is just guaranteed to be playing a substantial role. So in particularly those catches, that number looks pretty high. He only has 17 catches for the entire season. Even last week with no with no Calvin Ridley in the picture, Tajay Sharp, one reception, one target, zero yards. The week before that, one reception, one target, 12 yards. So kind of a curiously high number, in my opinion. Give me the under four Tajay Sharp's receptions. Gage is at 45 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. 
Yeah, and so looking at the 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 number that the the numbers that Gage had last week, it was bad. He had uh, zero catches, but he was targeted three times. He mind Matt Ryan sucked last game. He only threw the ball twenty one times overall. So they 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 pulled the foot off the gas really. Well, the foot was never on the gas, but they gave up really quickly in the game after they got down. Just kind of stopped throwing the ball. And like, hey, let's live to fight another day. But games before that. Russell Gage, eight targets, seven catches, 64 yards. Game four against Miami, six targets, caught four of them for 67 yards. He had five receptions the week before. So I get there's a lot of inconsistency here because Matt Ryan's no good. The Falcons are no good as a whole, but no Calvin Ridley, potentially no Cordero Patterson this week. So over for, uh, for Russell Gage's receptions. All right, brother. We will wa- wind down, pardon me, round down, wind down. <laughs> either, either one works. Same direction is end. And we've got two tight ends here. Kyle Pitts, young phenom, 65 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receptions. I was looking at this earlier on Odd Shopper, and our site is is strongly recommending we fade that total. Again, a little different on an NHA, depending on how you approach this here, Greg. Yeah, so if we were just talking about tournament plays for GPPs, then you want to play Kyle Pitts in this situation because the upside is so substantial. And we've seen that a couple of times this year. The game against the Jets, nine catches, 119 yards. Game against the Dolphins, seven catches, 163 yards. But he's only had six or more receptions twice the entire season. So the ceiling is really high, but the average results and the floor is fairly low. So the, the most likely situation here is that he goes under the five and a half receptions because he's only gone over that number twice all year. But if he goes over, he's likely going to go way over the number. But for this, we're basically looking at it as only an over under. It doesn't matter how much they hit the over or the under by the under is the more likely outcome here, just based on the variance that we've seen from Kyle Pitts. So under reception is something I think we should feel decent about considering the projections we have for him, which is for 4.8 receptions. You know, it's a shame you can't get a receiving touchdown prop on NHA for Hunter Henry because, what, seven of the last eight games, he's had at least one touchdown. So we're going to have to put that one. I was all excited to pound that one. He does come off a 37-yard game against the Browns, but here Thursday night, NHA, Greg, has him 35-and-a-half receiving yards, three-and-a-half receptions. Give me the under for receptions. I get that Hunter Henry's been a red zone target for the Patriots and he's found success in the end zone. But other than that, it's it's not like he's been a prolific receiver. He's not all that involved in the game outside of the red zone. So, I mean, for the season, he only has 353 receiving yards. He has had more than four catches twice the entire season. He's only had over 50 yards once the entire season. That was a game against the Texans. Recent games, 37, 19, 33, 23, 25 receiving yards. I think either the under receptions or the under for the passing yards looks good, but I prefer under for receptions. Awesome. All right, everybody, we appreciate you hanging with us here. Another week in the books on the NHA NFL strategy show for Thursday night. So you're all set, ready to go. Make sure you take advantage of our deposit match, $25. Use our promo code awesome. Then we'll put in $25. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to NHA at G Ehrenberg DFS. How you can thank Greg for winning you some money here. And at Shander show for me, if you just want to say hi, that's fine. We'll see you next week. Have a great night. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.